Hi, Wine Delusters. And in this episode, we're going to Brisbane. Welcome to the Wine Delust podcast. My name's Janine and I run a wine events business in Canberra. But my real passion is travel and my bucket list is to travel to every wine region in the world. In this series, I'll be exploring some regional Aussie wine destinations. I'll give you some tips whether you're planning a romantic getaway, a girls weekend, or you're dragging the kids along. Pour yourself a glass and let's get exploring. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we're talking about today, the Turbul people, and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. So Brisbane, who knew that there was a winery there? It's not really wine country. It's the capital city of Queensland. I went to university for a little while in Brisbane, but that was way back last century when it was more like a big country town. But it has blossomed into a beautiful and sophisticated, exciting city. There's a river weaving its way through and there's tons of great stuff to do for kids and adults. As with much of Australia, Brisbane was set up as a penal colony for convicts that were sent up from Sydney. It was opened up to free settlement in 1883 due to its suitability for fishing, farming, timber, etc. There is a really interesting wine story from back in the 1800s that we're going to touch on a bit later. Brisbane's now a busy city of about almost two and a half million people and is also home to the city winery Brisbane. My guest today is Dave Cush from City Winery Brisbane. We met at the flagship venue located in Fortitude Valley, which is a suburb just next to the city. Dave and his wife have a long history making wine, and they're a really great team working together to produce high quality wines. Their story shows you that even without a vineyard, you can produce good wine anywhere. Welcome, Dave from City Winery Brisbane. Welcome, Dave, to the Wine de Lust podcast. Thank, Thank you, you for your time today. Thank you. So we'll start from the beginning. You're in Brisbane, but there's no vineyards around here. So how did you get about starting a winery in the middle of Brisbane? Well, my wife, Chris, and I were living and working in Tasmania at her family farm down there, making wine for her family. And we moved there when we were quite young. And, you know, it's pretty isolated in the middle of the East Coast down there. So I guess the... Short version is we just got bored after 12 years and it was a wonderful place to start a family. We had three boys down there and and then we were just looking for something to challenge us more, I think. You know, that's a traditional wine business where you, you grow your own fruit, make your own wine, get to know your blocks intimately and tweak your wines to a, a little bit every year. But I felt a huge gap in, in my own knowledge about the rest of the country and the rest of the world with wine. And so, you know, I, initially it started from a purely practical point of view that I, I was feeling a bit disconnected from our, from our customers, from our supporters, because whilst we did have a cellar door, at, at that time it wasn't terribly busy. So you send the wine out by the pallet, goes to a wholesaler, and then, you know, that's the last you see of it. Whereas, um, and the cellar door visitors were really my only opportunity to, to really have a close connection with the people who were supporting us. So initially I thought, well, you know, maybe we should uh, have a cellar door in the city. And then, you know, having had cellar door visitors who their eyes light up when you take them behind the curtain and mm. show them what's happening in the winery, I thought, well, it'd be great to share that uh, with, with more people. Uh, at the time, I didn't know that urban wineries were a thing, but I was 
at once crestfallen and also heartened that they were because yeah. it validated the idea and I wasn't you know reinventing the wheel and uh, I'm from here originally from Brisbane so I thought it's a receptive market you know fairly open-minded so we came back I worked in wine retail for a while and that gave me a good understanding of what the local market wants mm. and then that kind of informed the wines that I that I wanted to make and now we're not tied to any particular vineyards we do have some sort of short-term contracts medium term but um, Brisbane largely loves South Australian wine um, and you know couldn't really open a wine venue in Brisbane without Barossa Shiraz and oh, Adelaide Hills Sav Blanc and mm. so then I just had to work out the logistics of how to do that um, my wife she's a winemaker she taught me how to make wine actually um, so she stays here in Brisbane and I send a couple of parcels up here to her she makes when we when we can source um, granite belt fruit she makes that that fruit up here I send some fruit up from Victoria to her when I can find that fruit but um, there's one special block of Grenache that I send up to her to make here everything else I, I travel to South Australia for vintage and stay down there and, and make the wines down there so you know what we wanted to do with City Winery was bring our journey of learning about new stuff all the time uh, to the people who are interested and really just try to break down those barriers to accessing wine because the last thing that, that I like about wine, the last thing I want to see more of is it being shrouded in mystery and all this sort of flowery language. It's great to communicate um, at times. Mm that way but I would rather approach it from a, a production point of view and really just show people that wine wine isn't really that complicated um, and it's an endless source of things to learn about which is you know probably the main appeal for me is that you can you never stop learning that's so true yeah. I think the more you learn the more you realize you don't know and you're just absolutely and and once you embrace that, then it's exciting. You yeah. know, it's not, it, it flips instantly from being daunting to being exciting. I flicked that switch a long time ago. And, you know, it's a good, it appeals to, to me. It's a, it's a mix of science and intuition and experience. And you meet wonderful people. And that's really the, the biggest thing that I've been enjoying since we started this city winery project was uh, just the range of people that I get to meet and work with and learn from. And I just try to make sure that I'm uh, surrounded by people who are better at their job than I am. Because <laughs> you do a lot of alternative varieties yeah. as well, and a lot of great blends. Mm -hmm. I um, tried one the other night. No, we bought a bottle. The Fog. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was great. And they had like five different yeah. varieties in it. Yep, yep. Yeah, that was, uh, that's, the, that's the most varieties in a blend that I've ever made, actually. Yeah, and historically, you know, in Australia, we're obsessed with varieties. So we have the variety name front and center yes. on there which is very different from the old world. And when you look into, you know, some of my favorite wines, like, you know, reds from Southern Rhone, they've got like up to 14 different varieties in them, mm. but, but they don't talk about that. They just talk about the place. Those, the varieties that are in that wine, when I originally made it, I made them all as single varietal wines, um, just to learn about them and, you know, made them all more or less the same. Once I got them back up to Brisbane and they were in barrel developing along their own little tracks uh, none of the individual wines were complete on their own so I started looking at the different barrels of all the different stuff and 
and it you know it was a stronger wine when you put it all together I mean the the backbone of that wine is Montepulciano and Torrigo and they're varieties that yeah I, I never could have made in Tasmania mm. um, uh, well Monty potentially but it, neither it, of them you see very often though no yeah. no but you know I think uh, Australia for various reasons you know we're lucky that we have a, a very open-minded market here people are always wanting to try new things and varieties I'm you know we're attracted to uh, southern Italian varieties because I mean they're delicious but also um, they tend to do better with drier conditions and they like a bit of heat and all those sort of things and and they're they're very different from uh, from the French varieties you yes. know they've got their own personality but you know a wine like the fog is a good example of things just sort of falling into place I didn't set out to make a blend with that many varieties it just sort of yeah. told me what to do yeah, yeah. that was good yeah. so when you were saying um that you go away and you make the wines mm -hmm. so you harvest obviously and then ferment them and then you put them in the barrels and then transport them back to brisbane i have done it you? like that before oh. but uh, over the years we've sort of tweaked it to reduce the risk um so you know i initially started using giant goon bags big 1000 litre wow. bladders yep. they turned out to be risky in the sense that if I didn't have somewhere to put the wines immediately when they got back to Brisbane, the condition of the wine didn't really hold up in those bags for too long. They're not meant for any sort of storage, just for transport. Uh, and that wasn't always practical because, you know, we've started from a very small shed to a slightly bigger shed. And so, you know, we solve our storage problems once we have them, not sort of in advance, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, well, I now use IBCs, big plastic 1000 litre cubes. Yep. Yep. Um, so I've, over the over the last few years, I've amassed quite a flotilla of those things, <laughs> and I send them all down empty to the to the various wineries. I work out of four different wineries down there, um, and that's because I want the winery to be as close to the vineyard as I can. It makes logistics easier. It makes everything cheaper and less risky. Uh, yeah. So once the wines are finished, um, primary fermentation and with the reds. Malo as well, put them through secondary fermentation as well, and then um, once they're in that safe state, then we chuck them on a truck and send them all back up here. And then as soon as they arrive here, they go to barrel, or if it's a, a rose or a white, they might stay in the IBC for a month or two until we're ready to bottle them. But it's really just about reducing the risk everywhere mm -hmm. that I can and preserving the character of the wine. So We've got it pretty well sussed now, but it is a logistical nightmare. Yeah, um. <laughs> just thinking like, because I drove up and it's, Brisbane's a long way away from South Australia. So. It is, yeah, yeah, it's, um, but you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. We, I couldn't, I wouldn't have access to this quality of fruit in such a tight geographical area anywhere else, yeah. you know, and putting a winery uh, in Brisbane is weird enough <laughs> To, I wanted to have, at least have the usual suspects when it comes to the wine so that people don't have too steep a learning curve. I understand that your wife does mm -hmm. a lot of the artwork on the labels. Yeah, she does. She's she very does, talented. Um, does nearly all of it. Yeah, yeah, she is very talented. I used to be intimidated by it, but uh, <laughs> now I'm just proud of her. Um, her natural style is more abstract landscapes. Yeah. What I really like about the artwork is that you know, all the labels, nearly all of them have got very close personal stories either to the wine or or to us one thing we've really learned with this adventure at city winery is that 
having great wine is like that's the start if you don't have great wine you're not even in the race yeah. and people in my experience haven't you know their eyes sort of glaze over when you start talking about this wine was on skins for this many days and pressed like this they don't really care about that but if we can tell them a story about you know why is it called the fog or why is you know why does that grenache have a a gravestone looking thing on the front of it you know those sort of and when they hear the stories behind them I think it helps us to make a connection with them in that you know we're just basically a cross between tradies and farmers out there making wine yeah. which is which you know the magic of wine still impresses me that yes. you can just get grapes and they turn out like that yeah I agree and we're just, you know, we're normal people and, you know, we've got families to worry about and, and everything else. And it's those personal stories that people seem to really um, remember. Mm. And so we try and tell some of those with, with the labels. But Chris is a very, very talented artist. She's a teacher as well and, so, you know, winemaker. So wonderful mother, good cook. <laughs> Perfect package. Yeah, there is. Um, so we're sitting in your cellar room in the Fortitude Valley site. Yes. Um, but you've got several locations around Brisbane. So yes. can you tell us a bit? So this one, is this the biggest one? This is the biggest one, yeah. yeah. This is the flagship. And um, th this was actually the second menu that we opened. We, we opened one uh, in Newstead at the time was called Carl's. That was named after Carl Gurler, who was actually Brisbane's first highly recorded respected winemaker in the 1860s so that was an interesting story that we wanted to tell it was really just a cellar door initially with a it was a bit of a coffee shop bistro sort of thing it was really just a way for us to get some revenue back for the wines that we'd just made in 2018 which was the first vintage um, but then also to start telling people about the main event which was at that time at an unknown location <laughs> we, and then this building became available it's turned into a very popular function space you know the kitchen running on ironbark timber that was at the time it was the only place in Brisbane doing that and sort of set the bar very high for the quality of food from the from the very beginning most of our function business is repeat business so that's that's fantastic uh, it also operates as an a la carte restaurant and obviously it's a, a big cellar door as well so you can do tastings and, and whatever so this one in Wandu Street is the flagship we we opened in the middle of covid we opened um the cellar door in the city that you visited uh, in edward street that's where we encourage people to go if they want that pure cellar door experience where it's tastings yeah. you know you can build your own little platter there and it's really you know it's turned into a into a really popular uh, spot for the locals in the city on their way home from work pop in and have a glass of red yeah. and but it's also um we, we run a lot of our uh, wine blending workshops and uh, the educational things in there as well. And this year we're, we're rolling out a schedule of regular tastings and benchmark tastings and that kind of thing. So they're the, they're the two that are branded as City Winery at the moment. The one in Newstead, it's a wine shop that you can drink in. Oh. It is getting refit and it will reopen as Ardo's, which Ardo, I believe, is Basque for wine. Oh, right. So it's going to be basically a cool little wine shop with a very regularly changing lineup, but you can also taste the city winery wines there and um, have a little nibble. And yeah. so we're looking to move to, to open more of those out in the suburbs around, oh, around Brisbane as well. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. 
going back, sorry, the wines are called Girl or Girler Wines. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell us the story about Carl Girler? Yeah, well. I thought this was really interesting. I've yeah, never heard this before. He came here in the second wave of uh, German Lutheran missionaries. And the first wave came here uh, about 10 years prior. And uh, then the, between them calling for backup <laughs> and him arriving, they had decided that they were going to give up on it, really. Oh. So when he got here, they there, there wasn't really much activity as far as being a missionary goes. Uh, so he just went back to what he knew, which was farming. So he had a little farm um, on Breakfast Creek over at Hendra. And uh, he had mostly fruit trees, but also some grapes. And he recognised that it was a difficult place to make good wine because of the climate, despite the fact that there was over 300 acres of grapevines wow. around. There were lots of Germans and Italians that came here and they all planted grapes because everybody loves wine. Yeah. So then Carl decided that uh, he'd go looking a bit further afield to some cooler areas. So by horse and cart, he'd go out to Warwick and Esk and Toowoomba, which at the time would have been you know multi-day journeys. Mm to find grapes and then bring them back to, to Brisbane. And he, he made all of his own winemaking equipment. And it's still unclear as to you know, what the absolute quality of the wine was like. You know, it was largely for what they called medicinal purposes, but that covered everything from bloating to anxiety to depression to, you know, yeah, yeah. mania. <laughs> it is recorded that he was known as the winemaker in in Brisbane and um, I guess he made a living out of it and number one I didn't know that there was so much vineyard planted around Brisbane um, and I didn't know that they could lay claim to having a winemaker in the 1860s so it was just a a cool little story that we that we wanted to to tell everybody yeah like a homage yeah yeah Yeah, that's cool is there any other things you'd like to tell us about my ideal outcome from a visit here is that people obviously enjoy the food and the wine, but if they can learn one little nugget while they're here, you know, whether that's a story about one of the wines or tasting a variety they haven't had before, or, you know, even if it's just learning about how we make all this work, you know, in Brisbane, I want people to just sort of have fun and if they learn something while they're here, then that's a bonus, you yeah. know. You know, wine's just a just a beverage. Just get over it and enjoy it. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. You're That's welcome. wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> so what's some other things to see and do? Right in town, there is a great man-made beach, museums, performing arts centre and bustling weekend markets, all located at a place called Southbank, right on the river. You can get the River Cat Ferries from here, up and down the city to many suburbs. It's such a great way to commute and explore the city. Off the coast, there are lots of islands in the Moreton Bay area. And if you're interested in that convict history, then this is the place to head to. Something really cool to keep an eye out for in Brisbane is the tiny doors. Local artist, Mace Robertson, was inspired after spotting this phenomenon overseas and decided to start making them in Brisbane. There are more than a dozen scattered all over the city and inner suburbs. Brisbane is now full of cool wine bars and restaurants. I put the word out for recommendations from local friends in the area and was inundated. 
So here's some tips. Some places with great wine lists include Crew Bar and Cellar in Fortitude Valley, Otto and Barkas in South Brisbane, and Yoko in the CBD. Outside of the city, check out the Adelita Wine Bar in Wynnum and the Old Seven in Camp Hill. You can also walk all along the river between Howard Smith Wharfs up to Newstead, and there's some great spots over at Hamilton too. You can also do a ferry pub crawl along these areas. There's also Felons Brewery right on the river too. If you're like me and love a view, there are over 20 rooftop bars around the city. I had a great lunch at Iris Rooftop with their Mediterranean menu and wine list. And an interesting fine dining degustation experience opened this year. Darbioso is inside a renovated bus. Check the link in the episode notes for all this information. So some quick stats. Brisbane is actually part of the Brisbane, Greater Brisbane and Sunshine Coast wine region as part of the Vine and Shine Trail put out by the Queensland Government. Being a capital city, it has flights in and out of all cities all over the country and overseas. For accommodation, Brisbane is full of hotels, apartments, hostels to fit all budgets. So go forth, enjoy some great wines and atmosphere all around Brisbane. And until next time, happy wine travels. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe now to get each episode as they drop. You can also check out this podcast on YouTube and see pictures of the region and the people I've spoken to. Go to winedelust.com.au. That's W-I-N-E-D-E-R-L-U-S-T.com.au for everything discussed today. You can also subscribe to my newsletter to hear all about my upcoming events and other news. Till next time, happy wine travels.